0: Hey guys, Ben here from Comic Comedians. I just wanted to tell you guys about the best podcasting program there is called Anchor. Anchor is literally the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hello everybody, welcome to Comic Comedians. My name is Ben Schubert, your host, and today I have a super awesome guest on the show. His name is Adam Barnhart from ComicBook.com. He's written many articles for the website, and he's actually interviewed a whole ton of famous actors, writers, and artists, and we talk about all of that on this episode today. But before we get into the episode, what is Jay Gatsby's favorite superhero? Deadpool. Alright, let's jump into that title sequence right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Comedians. Today, I am here with Adam Barnhart. If you guys don't know who he is, you've probably read a ton of his articles. If you go to comicbook.com, you've probably read a whole bunch of his stuff. He writes comics like The Poop Show is what I'm going to say, Keeper's there Club Cosmos, and so much more. What is the Marvel News Desk, if, if I might ask?
1: A uh, podcast. I, I, we started that. We just did our 200th episode, so we've been at it for a little bit. We started, there. there's a website out there. I'm not sure if it's still going. MCU Exchange was the website. when we all started writing there way back when. And I know like Charles Murphy and Murphy's Multiverse, they started there. And some of the guys from the direct also started there as well. Okay. And then we kind of just branched off and went on, did our own thing. And so that's what Marvel News Desk is. Is our, we try to do weekly, but you know, you know how it is.
0: Right. I, I Trust me. I, I fully agree. This was actually like one of my first interviews in like t- two months because I was living in an Airbnb while I was going to Knoxville because I couldn't live on campus. So every night it was like clockwork at 630. A train would go off and then the guy on the other side of the wall would bang on the wall saying I'm talking too loud. So I was just like, you know what? Can't do it right now. So welcome back everybody to Comic Comedians. It's such a warm welcome and happy early Christmas to all I should say uh, late Christmas because it'll be out after Christmas, but happy early Christmas to you, Adam.
1: Hey, you as well. You as well. <laughs> uh, Hopefully you got everything you wanted or you had spent, did whatever. Played oh, yeah, well, there was definitely
0: spending done. I got to see Spider-Man No Way Home, so yeah. I got everything I wanted.
1: There you so, go. I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about you for a minute. Uh, how did
1: you get into comic books? Like, What is your origin story? My origins, it's funny. So in my family, there's me and and I have a brother and a sister. And when each of us was born, my parents are collectors as well. I should say my father's a collector. They decided to collect different things for each child. For like my brother, they they collected sports cards and then they got to me and they're like, okay, well, I'll start collecting comic books. Then the idea was that as of, you know, we get to a reasonable age where we can take care of stuff, we would then inherit a starter collection, right? So I think I turned 13 or 14, and my dad's ready to give me his collection. And I'm like, I don't know. This was before, well, 13, 14. I might have been right around, yeah, I was 14 when Iron Man came out. So superheroes were just starting to get cool, but not quite yet. And it's certainly not not like it was today, right, with with TikTok superstars based. I mean, look at I'm talking to a TikTok superstar right now based uh, in yeah, based e-culture, man.
0: Yeah, it's weird to be called that. I don't, not many people see like when I think of like TikTok superstars, I'm thinking of like Goofy, I'm thinking of Soups. But you know, Chris Killian said the same thing. He was just like, you're, but oh, man, you're, I'm you're, looking at you guys. I'll guy.
1: tell you this you you live on my FYP, man. You live on my for you page, and and you are my <laughs> favorite. You probably are my favorite content creator. You keep it real, man. It's not hype to... all the time, man. It's not. It's not just straight hype and yelling. You you did you you educate people too. You you talk about like the the pet Avengers or whatever you got into that little saga you got into that one time. Yeah.
0: It's weird how that happened. Like, I remember when I first bought the 8311 comic books, like the Spider-Ham and stuff. I've always loved Spider-Ham. Like, I remember the day that he was, like, John Mulaney was casted in a movie. Right. And I, I I, I did, like, a backflip. I was so excited. And I remember, like, people legitimately, like, made fun of me for it. And I was just like, dude, this stuff's awesome. And now, and now like, he's in a movie. And now everybody's just like, what character is this? Problem is, I'm starting to run out of characters. So it's like, oh, no. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing stuff
1: like that. You said you were 14 when Iron Man came in? Yeah, so that's where I'm like, man, I don't know. Do I want to be known as the guy that that collects comic books? You know, I think I should probably try and like get a girlfriend or something, right? Certainly, they won't like comic books or, or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll take your collection. But, you know, how about you just keep it for now for safekeeping? And I was looking through, and adult Adam, who actively collects comic books now, is beating himself over the head because there's Hulk 180, 181. All sorts of stuff. We're talking first Wolverine. We're talking Marvel. He has like Captain Marvel Volume One, one through. I don't know. He has most of the first volume, and those are the most beautiful covers, man. Those Silver Age covers. Oh yeah, they're, like, they're incredible.
0: What like at that time it was like what Neil Adams was doing stuff. And, Batman, literally, awesome. really, really, really i me. right there. Got right there. all that good stuff. You know, it kind of reminds me of that. Have you seen that Simpsons episode of comic book guy and the rest of his yeah, family? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like. You
1: know how they all kind of had like a different collection and you just have to be the comic. Book. No, that's exactly it. So now my dad and I, my dad kept those obviously. Cause I mean, whatever, you know, and now he won't give them to me. Right. Because, you know, now we're competing collectors, but his, his interests have changed. He has kept his major keys, but he's now into super, super like indie or underground stuff. I mean. All of the 90s Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane and Young Bloods and, and that type of stuff. You know, he just loves that stuff because there's so much of it and it's super, super cheap because they printed millions of copies and it's exactly worthless.
0: You know, people um, trying to get their kids through college with a uh, death of Superman,
1: knowing that, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, knowing that anyone can buy it in the quarter bin now. But no, it's, uh, so that's kind of how I started, man. And then of course, once the movie started popping back on, I think I remember popping on right after Avengers, Avengers came out. I mean, I went to all of the movies. It's like, you know what, man, these, these are cool. This is, this is heading into sweet direction and all this stuff. I mean, it's the type of thing now you can't avoid it, right? Everyone yeah. watches Marvel, but you can't, I mean, I can have theory conversations with my 60 year old mother. Right, You're yeah. Like, hey, do you think, do you think Kingpin bought Avengers Tower or something? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Fantastic Four. Or something. Your grandma like, asked it, you that. No, my mother. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say I was like <laughs> No, but it just shows how like ingrained in green and pop culture it is, right? I mean, yeah. these movies make billions of dollars. They dominate the box office. They are our E. T. or Titanic or whatever Jim Cameron wants to make things, you know
0: exactly. And like I was talking about that the other day, you can't escape this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself the other day, I was just like, I don't know if you got picked on, but I got picked on for like comic books in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember there was one kid who threw cereal in my face because I said Ahsoka Tano was probably an awesome Jedi. He got mad at me and he was like, called me a nerd and just threw it up. <laughs> Nowadays. You don't see that happen. I'm super glad to see that. And, right. I, and I think it's because of those Marvel movies that it's it's like that.
1: It's a huge part, man. I mean, everyone wants to be a movie star. Everyone likes movies and all that stuff, man. And now Marvel's made it cool and sexy to fight this stuff. And we're even seeing that with with actors and everything right now. You know, everyone had concerns that how Robert Downey Jr. is washed up and Chris Evans is kind of a nobody. And I mean, before Loki, who was Tom Hiddleston? Who was Chris Hemsworth? Tom Holland was what Billy Elliot on yeah, Broadway or something. Like that. Right. All these people. And then they started, they got Kate Blanchett and now they have Christian Bale. I mean, Anthony Hopkins and, and they have, I mean, people have desires. Rumored, maybe potentially Jim Carrey, who knows if that's accurate or not. Mahershala Ali. I mean, Mahershala Ali is blade. I mean, you can't Marvel's just so ingrained in pop culture. I mean, Mahershala Ali is probably one of the most gifted actors you and I will ever see in our lifetime. Yes, and he's he's all aboard the Marvel train. So why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved him in the Green Book, so I'm super excited to see like what he has. And then obviously, his work in into the Spider Verse was phenomenal. And then there's Luke Cage as well, which may or may not be canon to the MCU at this point. We will never know. By the way, we can talk No Way Home spoilers. By the time it'll be uploaded, it'll be out for over a week. So it's like, you haven't seen it yet. That's on you. <laughs> So speaking of No Way Home,
1: how did you feel about it? Just out of curiosity, I knew every single beat and plot point going into, it, and I still loved it. Oh, right, it was it was paced out so well. I there was a part of me that was like, ah, maybe they will do a spoiler, you know? Maybe maybe they will finally introduce Miles, you know, on the street where Peter shakes his hand, or or something like that, or or they introduce a sixth actual villain or something like that, and they're they're saving something. I don't know, you know, maybe it was Topher Griggs or something. I don't know what I was thinking, but brilliantly paced, man. I mean, they didn't go overboard with the nostalgia. I think Toby and Andrew were in it just enough that they didn't become, you know, too overbearing or anything like that. I love the banter. The banter was absolutely amazing. Andrew Gar, I don't know how people don't like Andrew Garfield after this. You know, I think he probably stood out works everything and charlie Cox is back man yes that's it's what I was, every, I was watching daredevil this daredevil. morning first time through are you re-watching or
0: well the first time i i was kind of like i kind of turned my brain off when i watched because mm-hmm. i didn't think it was canon so i didn't have to worry about it right and, and now it's like oh crap you know i gotta go back turn that thing back on and
1: see all the connections that i can find you know uh, right the hill i will die on is daredevil season three is probably tied with hbo's Watchmen as the best comic book adaptation we've ever gotten and probably ever will. So I'm sticking
0: with Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. That's up there. That's probably in my top, probably top 10 for sure. I remember when he was announced that he was making a Suicide Squad movie, I got so excited. Like, I love the Suicide Squad. I've read almost all of John Ostrander's work. I've read Tom mm-hmm. Taylor's Suicide Squad. I'm sure you've read a lot of it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, such good stuff. And I remember walking out of the first one, Like I looked at my sister and I was just like, that was, that was good. That was good. in my mind, I was like, we're never getting another Suicide Squad. <laughs> I was like, so I was just so happy to hear that. So you are a journalist at comicbook.com. What made you want to like go in and start telling people about the news and stuff that came up about it?
1: That's a really good question. Man. So I used to work like communications work in arena football while just being a fan of this stuff. And I started in on MCU Exchange at the time. And was podcasting and writing for free, you know, on a volunteer basis and stuff. I'm like, man, this would be this would be a pretty cool job. Yeah, um, so I started looking around. CBR is a uh, Comic Book Resources, pretty much always hiring anyone, freelancers and stuff like that. So I played that's there and neat. got on and I started writing lists and stuff like that. The list, listicles that, that piss everyone off. You know, that's. Oh, uh, like your top 10 lists or what? Yeah, of top 10s or 10 reasons why you should love Daredevil and five, you should hate him or some bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's where I started. That was where my first paid work was coming. And then I played a comic book, man. It's been, been there five years now and it's been amazing, man. It's been right. Amazing. Man, I can't yeah. complain. I get to read about Iron Fist and shit post about Daredevil and Kingpin all the time, and I get paid so for So you're it. a big Defenders fan, aren't you? My favorite character is Iron Fist, as you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> my buds. There are props. If you've seen Iron Fist, this is from Iron Fist season two, the sash that they tear um, on okay. this fight with Davos. And then there's the Bride of Nine Spiders, like, invite from the first season. And I have a huge picture of Dave mm-hmm. Wenham's Harold Meacham on the wall. Um, okay that's dope so there's uh yeah no i love iron fist he was my favorite character before the netflix series came out the netflix series came out and i'm the immortal iron fist right yeah and
0: i i'm still my favorite character but i always have a joke that says like you know if i had a nickel for every time danny rand said that i am the immortal iron fist i would be as rich as danny rand i feel like if the writing was just a little like because the actor is a great guy i think he was perfect for the role I just think that you know it could have been it could have been better in that way, but you know. So you got into journalism because you were just interning, and then you just fell into it.
1: Oh uh, yeah, essentially, man. I started writing actual news articles when I was still in middle school, I think, or early high school. Our local—I grew up in a town of a thousand people, and we had a weekly newspaper with a circulation um, of like three thousand people. So they always hired high school people to write the sports articles and stuff. Yeah. That's where I started. Um, Well, before that, I actually started with my fantasy football league. We had a keeper league and each year, you know, you keep the same roster and you just draft rookies the next year, just like the NFL does. And for whatever reason, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this way too seriously. So I would do the type of like the press releases for signings and trades and releases and all that stuff. So then I segued that into writing for the world's smallest newspaper. And then that went to the arena football communications and you just built your way up. You know, like. I wish I could do what Soups did, just skip the college part,
0: just go right to the complex. Like I
1: mean, I, exactly, man. So I went to a semester of community college, got hired on with the arena football. Right after that, so
0: currently I'm going for journalism and electronic media at Tennessee so like and that what you guys do that's what i want to do you know this is partly me kind of asking for advice
1: and at the same time interviewing oh, i mean you keep on <laughs> and that's the thing and no keep on it and that's the thing you already have a huge following and and that's a huge yeah. in this day and age man i'm just i tried tiktok i posted my thing with carol baskin on tiktok that <laughs> didn't go anywhere so uh, t- i haven't mastered the tiktok algorithm yet i think i'm the algorithm I get, gods, yeah. Right, I, I hit some magic on Twitter every now and then. But no, man, I keep building up a social presence because that's a huge part of the whole digital media landscape, right? Yeah,
0: I'm still trying to build my Instagram and Twitter and all that. But, you know, like I just hit 100 on Twitter and I have almost 500 on Instagram. So
1: it's like I'm, I'm building myself a little bit. It's getting there right, Slowly but surely, man. You have to – there's, there's always hurdles and stuff. I mean, you have to get used to, like, when can I post spoilers? When can I – yeah, it's fandom, man. People are gonna get pissy about whatever, you know. You can't please ever.
0: Exactly, and that, that that's something we all got to think about. Like I remember we were doing that in ethics class. Speaking of spoilers, since you are a journalist, how did you feel about all these leaks and spoilers coming out from the TikTok journalists of No Way Home, if if I
1: may? So there is, there are some things that probably shouldn't have gotten out. I mean, there are some things I don't want to say this. I'm not against the world of scoopers by any means. Right. But there are some things that probably don't need, like plot points don't really need scooped. Yeah. Right. Characters, I, I don't care about characters so much, you know, or actors or things like that, because we're going to find out sooner or later. You know, half, most of the times we find out through toys or, or something like that. So it's inevitable we'll find out. So we might as well find out sometime. But plot points are kind of, I don't know why. I mean, well, what purpose does it serve? I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't think spoilers do ruin a movie because obviously I knew the whole entire plot of both Eternals and No Way Home. And those are my two favorite movies of the year. Right. You know, so I don't think spoilers ruin the plot, but it certainly would have made it even better than they were if I didn't know Toby and Andrew came back.
0: Yeah. I was talking to one of my buddies about that. I was just like, imagine if there were no spoilers. Like we kind of knew it was going to happen. Like we all kind of thought it would, but imagine if there was no leaks, no spoilers, like everything was on a floppy disk. And you know, and we just didn't see any of it. And then we just walk into the theater, and then Andrew Garfield just pulls off his mask, and then Tobey Maguire comes in, shoots his webbing out, and then, mm-hmm. that would have been insane. Matthew Murdoch, like, I feel like I, that's why I was more excited about Matthew Murdoch because I was like 76% sure he was going to show up. As for Toby and
1: Andrew, I was like 98% sure,
0: right.
1: you know. Uh, I mean, it was touch and go, and that's the thing. I think I talked to Charlie last April, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox yeah oh okay. April I think it was last May last late spring I'll say and at that point he hadn't signed on because I verified that with you know internal sources as well he hadn't signed on as of last so it was a pretty um last minute it was a pretty last-minute edition, which explains why he only had three lines or whatever he did. Yeah. Know, or why they – why they Best three lines of that movie, catching a right. break. They shoot away that plot line really quick. So, yeah, I know it's just magical how quick they can get stuff. And, I mean, Marvel comes calling, you're not going to say no. So you're going to hop on a plane and say, well, I'll see you guys. We can do Christmas later, you know.
0: Right, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I was said, you know. Like, oh, you guys want to hire me for – Oh, you want to give me a ton of money? Yeah, sure. I always find it funny when I see articles that are just like Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo want to do three more movies, and I'm like, yeah, no kidding, that's a
1: paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man. yeah, like give me ten million dollars a movie, you'd be you'd be surprised what I do for twenty bucks, man.
0: Exactly. So let let's talk about some of your comic books. What are they like? Independently made,
1: or are they? like actually like published i have two published well i have one published now and another one coming out next year through uh, a small press publisher called scout comics oh yeah yeah they follow me yeah they're a mix between poop show as you called which is the pg-13 version of it is you know a mix kind of between the boys and shameless the protagonist is uh Superman type, he's the century. He's the the one with all the powers and stuff, and he falls on hard, hard times. So the story kind of examines how his descent from being the superstar or in our universe, he's called Legend, the legend, to being a drunkard that works for a circus. So that's kind of what that is, is why <laughs> it's called Poop Show. And then we're expanding it out. We have a space space spinoff coming next year, Keepers of the Cosmos. And I started pitching the third one, so we'll see. uh Knock on wood, what they see about the third book. But yeah, they're creator-owned books. I still own the IP and, and copyrights and all that stuff, and and I do have publishing partners at Scout. They publish and distribute through Diamond and Lunar and right wherever else you can. So I mean, you can go in and, and buy it at any comic store or wherever.
0: And that that goes for Keepers, of the Cosmos as well, right?
1: Yeah, we don't know when that's coming out yet. Uh, I think they're starting to solicit stuff for April and May, so we're looking kind of at the back half of 2022 i think
0: okay so yeah i know scalp comics is kind of like one of the newer ones right like that are just like uh, because my my friend ambrosia or some people may know her as comics and cupcakes i've had her on the show before she's kind of like she runs their tiktok account i had her on for my women's day podcast and we were talking about women in comics and stuff like that so they are cool people there h and a as well they're also like an upcoming like support but scout is a, a really cool place do they have like an app or anything that that people
1: should know uh, scoutcomics.com I, they're changing all that like you said ambrosia does social media for them they're changing all sorts of stuff all the time you can find all the scout books on comiXology or scoutcomics.com i think there's a new app apparently called whatnot where you can like yeah. sell stuff and bid on stuff and they just started to do that stuff on on whatnot that's super cool. So like, do you, do you also draw it up or do you just write? No, no I just I just write. <laughs> on no, I I've tried. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I, I've ever seen Tom King do like those. Yeah, the Batman draw. Batman draw. Drive- that's that's about what I, I've remarked some poop show, uh, <laughs> poop show. with with. You can with, call
0: poop. it if you
1: you can call it by its real name. I was not no, with poop emojis. So I have remarked some with a big old pile of poop. But no, that's about the extent I do. I, I always find. I have like a little in-house network now, but before I would like scroll through Instagram or hashtags or or something like that to see right who's who's free, who likes the story, need, and who wants to you know come on board. Okay, so I
0: was looking through some of your interviews that you used to do. I noticed like big names like Rob Paulson is one of my personal favorites. So- really, what? Rob's made Robs. I love Rob. I mean, he. I, I can impersonate him almost perfectly Uh, i i want i almost did it but i was just like wait a minute i I, i'm I'm doing a podcast you know i can't just come out and yak a water you know like there you
1: go look at that
0: my goal is to learn everything he can so that way if he's ever out sick warner brothers could just like call me in and i can fill in for the ninja
1: turtles but who do you think the most famous person that you've interviewed is who the most (laughs) famous person let me, hold on one second. I mean, I talked to Kingpin last night. Kingpin, our best friend. You were talking to Vincent Nenafrio? Yeah, yeah, that was the oh. fourth time we've talked in a professional capacity. And, and we just chat all the time, man.
0: You guys all get to meet. That's why I want to work for you guys. Like, seriously, you guys get to meet all the cool people. Like, legit. I remember I saw Brandon Davis was at a premiere and Kevin Feige was like, Brandon, get over here. I was just like, Kevin Feige? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no Brandon Brandon yeah Brandon is a uh, he hosted the Hawkeye press conference I think and he hosted maybe the Eternals or something like that yeah who's Pat Oswalt's up there yeah to- I would love to meet Pat he's such a nerd and I love that we talked about it in my Black Hammer books when, like, oh really I just wrote a Black Hammer issue yeah Pan Oswald, Derek Colstead, we always talk to, creator for John Woyack. <laughs> Most of the office people, man, they're probably the office comes and goes. Talked to Jim Starlin several times. Oh, around comic circles, but not in the grand scheme of things. But <laughs> yeah, they that awesome. no super A-listers, man. No RDJ or Chris Evans or any of the veters yet not
0: yet yeah one day one day
1: one day one day we'll see
0: they're all retired now so now like when you do get to interview them it'll be for like one of their indie films that they want to do exactly it'll be on like you'll get robert downey jr for sweet tooth you know Sweet <laughs> Tooth, amazing show man i'll talk about it any, any it's so great about sweet tooth I, I it's one of the few shows that my mom will sit down and watch with like what with me like uh she's trying to get in all this stuff like you said earlier, like your mom was making theories with you. Like I took my mom because he no way home. And you said, I live on your for you page. So I'm sure you saw my PowerPoint that I made for my family. It's amazing. Yeah. 20 minute lecture. And they said that it was the best thing. And I was bragging about it. At, you know, <laughs> my sister-in-law, she was like, I don't think that I, she, she was like having imposter syndrome. She said, she doesn't feel like she belongs to be at the front of the line at a Spider-Man movie because she doesn't keep up with that stuff. And I was just like, no. You sat through the PowerPoint. These people did not. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. What is the comic series that made you love comic books? What, what is that series? For me, if you, want, if you need time to think about it, I can tell you mine right away. Go ahead. Mine was The New Teen Titans by Marv Wolfman Come. and George Perez. Yeah. The uh, New Teen Titans. I just remember I loved the Teen Titans show growing up, mm-hmm. and I was just like, let's read some of the old 80s stuff. And the backstory of Beast Boy is probably one of my favorite like backstories ever written. And if I ever got the chance to
1: write a comic for DC, it would be to expand sure. on it. A few different things. The, the one that instantly leaps out is is Jim Steranko's and uh, Nick Fury Agent of Shield covers and stuff. Like his volume one stuff is just so trippy and psychedelic. There there was no chance that guy was not on mushrooms or it was right oh, drawing those drawing those uh, covers. Story wise, it's pretty probably pretty cliche, but I love uh Frank Miller's Daredevil. Uh, hey man, there's nothing wrong with that. Born again, you know, i I love dark and gritty stuff and Frank Miller's just over the top dark, gritty street level.
0: Got that Alan Moore. D- yeah, yeah I, I hear you. I hear you. I just read V for Vendetta recently, so
1: it's like well that's not it's, that's not Frank Miller. What, what am I talking? I said Alan. No, no, that's, that's the same you know, it's in the same vein. But modern day stuff Mortal Iron Fist is is my favorite. You can see I have both of the complete collections over there on my shelf. Mortal Iron Fist, Fraction, Brew Baker, a bunch of Colon Bun was in there. There's a bunch of colon Bun
0: everywhere in comic. Right. There's a bunch of colon Bun everywhere. Like when I worked at a shop, there was a there was a running joke. You could throw a dart blind, eighty percent chance you'll hit a bun. Yeah, uh, that's that's, oh, that's
1: exactly it. So that's my favorite modern kind. I, I don't know if you want to say Bronze Age or current age or, or modern comic fun fact i actually wrote the outline for shit show after having a chat with rob paulson man really how yeah what'd, it, you guys, it, what'd you guys talk about like we were just talking and uh he was diagnosed with throat cancer he was just talking about that now he didn't want to take it for granted and all this stuff and it was just like a super inspirational chat and i had the yeah. idea had been in my mind forever and i had toyed with some comics i had made one one shot prior like, you know, let's start taking this a little bit more seriously. So I got off that phone call and outlined the whole thing and had a script done within the next (laughs) week or whatever. And then we started writing, you know, doing public character designs and all that stuff. So Rob ultimately uh, started your shit show. Started me on this descent into madness. But that's
0: great. Thanks, Rob Paulson. Appreciate (laughs) it. You know, Rob Paulson, like I've listened to his podcast, Talking Tunes, and he's just like one of the most inspirational guys. And I'm not really supposed to say this, but my sister, she asked me, she was like, have you ever read Rob Paulson's book? And I said, no. And I was like, she was like, okay, just forget I asked you that. And then wrapped up my Christmas present. So I think I know Are what i did for Christmas. Yeah. I'm a huge Rob Paulson fan,
1: you know, and it's just like, I want to meet him like so bad. <laughs> like, you, know, you know what? Remind me, send me a Twitter DM after this. I may be able to have you guys cross connect. Oh my gosh! If you could do that, I would scream. I be I mean, if you we'll could, we'll try. Up don't guarantee. I, I know how to contact him. We'll just say that. Okay. So we'll,
0: we'll now, awesome. Well, well, we'll see what we could do. Definitely. But if, if if you you'll be my favorite person if you get me with like Rob Paulson's my hero, man. Like I look up to. Like,
1: that's that's what's so unique. Most people don't you know don't go towards that way with voice actors, and it's Rob's done so much of like, Carl Weezer's one of my favorite. Oh yeah, he's amazing. You do do a good, Rob Paulson. <laughs> oh, Carl Weezer is uh, one of my favorite uh, fictional characters. What is it about Carl Weezer that you just... i mean, just so weird. I mean, Jimmy Neutron was just that show growing up. Well, it was when I showed that in SpongeBob. Uh, yeah, sure. man, you can't go around with SpongeBob. SpongeBob, dude. sometime. I, I have to watch it as an adult. I'll be like, oh, no, you have to watch it as an adult because you miss everything you miss. <laughs> or you get everything you miss, you know. The as a child. Don't
0: drop them. Right? <laughs> like, like, I, I freaking love the adult jokes they put in stuff. So, uh, of all these, car- like you, obviously you're a cartoon guy, right?
1: You, you, oh, I do. I mean, no, I still watch SpongeBob every so often. I don't. Uh, I do Rick and Morty sometimes. You know, mainly for work because it, it does really well with every substantial amount of people on the internet watching Rick and Morty. Um, right. Um, I'm just very nostalgic, as you can see. This isn't cartoons, but it's Baby Sinclair from Dinosaurs growing. Then Mooncake from Final Space, which just got canceled by HBO Max. Final Space is one of the best animated shows I've ever seen. If if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's just an incredible feat. They they combine traditional two D animation with real snapshots taken by like the Hubble telescope and all sorts of stuff, and it just creates for a beautiful thing. But the best animated show or cartoon ever made is Guardians. There's magic. I you have yet to see it. You've never seen Gargoyles, or never seen it. Quit this podcast. So, you (laughs) watch Gargoyles on Disney Plus. The world building in that is amazing. I've been told, like,
0: a lot of people, like, I think Scott Snyder said that that was the first thing he watched on Disney Plus with his son.
1: It might be. It was, uh, it's just so, it, it had no reason to be as dark as it did, but it was just dark and heartbreaking and super gothic and, yeah, uh, it was like, I don't want to say it was the MCU before the MCU because it's only the one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was X-Men.
1: They No, exactly. <laughs> it's it's very X-Men animated series S. They would set something up in like season one and not introduce for one episode and not talk about it for like 10 more episodes or whatever. And it, they would just weave this huge web of, I don't want to say conspiracies, but storytelling. Goodness. Right. It was just incredible.
0: That's what's so cool about having comic book writers as like animation writers as well. Like, look at Invincible with Robert Kirkman, and unfortunately, he's not on What If, uh, not on What If, not on Marvel Zombies. Like, I, like I was, I was just surprised. He said, that, like, I got was surprised as you guys when I heard about this. Like, I was like, yeah, what zombie show could Robert Kirkman make that could be popular, you know, or animated show for that? They're like, what that'd be a stupidness, you know? Like, i was just, I was like, they got to get him on. I think the thing is, it's only if it's live action is what I was told that he only wants to do. He would only do it if it's live action. But like, I don't want to say that that's uh, for the, everybody listening. Don't take my word on that. Just that's what I've heard in the great mind. But that's actually what the artist said for Marvel Zombies, because I got to meet him at Fanboy Expo in Knoxville. And I, I asked him like my first question to him was like, did you watch the what if episode? Because, like, they did a lot of homaging to his work. And I, he was like, no, I ain't watching it unless it's live action. I was just like, you're asking too much. Right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. Like, these Marvel movies are expensive as it is. And I think they wanted Invincible to be a live action TV series. And right. imagine doing that train scene alone. Like, with live, you couldn't do it. Like, right. they wouldn't have the budget.
1: It's the anti-Spider-Man too
0: exactly if you were to want to get a show or anything animated or uh whatever what what would you pick to get done like i mean there's marbles there's so much to oh, work and i pick um,
1: shit keepers of the cosmos yeah that is, that's the right answer that's that what the I correct think. answer i want to see a proper i mean the immortal iron fist the immortal tournament i love the mythos and we started getting hints of that within shang chi with talo and, and all this stuff they started kind of repurposing the iron fist stuff for shang chi so we started kind of getting that I love like the Guardians three thousand, the original Guardians team. Yep, I would love
0: the one with to the big
1: like with with Yondu, with the big old Yandu and the the original. Say you might be able to see it, but I have their their first appearance over here somewhere. Uh, you can't see it. It's...
0: I I can see it. it's on your top shelf, right to the side, right. That's exactly it. Yeah, I yeah,
1: get I can see I can uh, a little bit. And then what else was I looking at? I'm a huge sucker, like I said, a huge sucker for nostalgia. So like those cheesy 90s characters we're talking dark hawk and sleepwalker and night thrasher or okay big comedy characters like the great lakes avengers or yes big Bertha. so let's get her let's get a big birth i know you know all those people Flatman, Flatman would be hilarious yeah. in action uh doorman would be hilarious that that type of stuff. jack of hearts would be fun
0: to see i would i would love to see chat and I, 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 I've already tweeted James Gunn like a million times and I've even gotten my haircut done like him. Sorry my bad. I keep taking off my hat, <laughs> but uh, I yeah, tweeted James. I was like, Jack of hearts. If you're looking for an actor, I would be, I'm open. Like if I could dress up like a playing card and fly through space, like
1: dude, sign me up. It's uh, yeah, I did you play the guardians of the galaxy game, man? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten around to it. Is it's it any incredible. good? It's it's incredible. That mid-2000s cosmic Marvel stuff is Abnett and Landing from Annihilation through War of Kings or Realm of Kings through Thanos Imperative and all that stuff. That's the, um, outside of Immortal Iron Fist, that's really my favorite comics and stuff, which they're not necessarily doing in live action. They kind of repurpose the Guardians into their comedy fallback, but uh, I'd really love to see. If they put this guy, this is my favorite villain ever outside of King. If they put Annihilus in the... Uh, this is my Annihilus Funko that resides on my desk. So if they ever have Annihilus in a TV show or movie, that's game over for me. I have zero requests. Of- Who would you want to put Annihilus on live-action screen? Like, would you want, like... Richard Ryder, for sure. Richard- it has to be Richard Ryder. Okay. Richard or uh, The Guardians. or uh, I, I do think it's probably maybe like not thanos level threat but like a half thanos or something maybe a, a little event movie with the guardians plus the Marvels or something
0: i want to see eternity i don't know if he could you consider him a villain or not but eternity would be so dope to see and like i know will smith wants a big role in the mc i was like what if he is the living embodiment of the universe itself he said he wants a big role he could
1: be the he what if you are the universe dude like <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking on that like that grand cosmic level on I, I, someone like the living tribunal too my dark horse take is that the living tribunal they meant to put him in infinity war or endgame for and
0: years. in infinity war with the fight with dr strange that was an idea
1: which i'd wonder if they're going to put now in dr strange too because he done messed up the multiverse and- yeah as consequences
0: yeah you know, and- like, that's why they didn't have him in. They they mentioned the Living Tribunal in the first Doctor Strange movie with the staff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they, the reason why they didn't do it was because not everybody knew who the Living Tribunal was. Like, the like people like my mom, who would, would ask me a million questions after the movie. You know, because I'd have to play new rock stars. I'd have to play Eric Voss with her. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what's this? Oh, what's this? What, oh, I don't understand. Like, I remember my dad came home from Thor Ragnarok. He was like, what's that big ship at the end? I was like that's Thanos. He goes, What's a Thanos? I was just like, Don't worry about it. Don't worry, I don't, I don't have that kind of video of somewhere on YouTube explaining everything you need to know. Seriously, my dad's falling in love with YouTube now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's his best friend. Yeah. But I'm it's so cool that I like I can connect with families like this. You know, like kid, little kids will come into the comic book stores and they were like, oh, Galactus, I love it. And I'm like, how oh, heck you know, Galactus? Or Wiccan in speed. Like, little kids know who Wiccan and Speed are. Or, like, you're obviously just a huge fan of this stuff, but if you were to make any property, you, you already mentioned Denialist, but if you could have, like, anything, Marvel, DC, Independent, besides, like, you said your stuff, I think I already asked you this, didn't I? You did not. Okay, if you could make this thing yourself, right. like, any
1: story you could. My favorite. So I bought the two library editions of Black Hammer and Black Hammer Egypt. Damn, I have all the tricks here. Particularly, I would love to see this at some point. Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy. Incredible. I have no reason to be as good as it did. It's just fun. So if I had to adapt to anything, and it was optioned, but the option has since lapsed, I would love to see... A Black Hammer show would be dope. I mean, it would be incredible. I don't know why it's not. I mean, come on, man. And uh, for the care you know listeners this?
0: that don't know what Black Hammer is, can you give it a quick rundown?
1: It's a super deconstructed superhero take. The series starts off with the this world's version of the Justice League or this super superhero group residing on the farm, a place called The Farm throughout the series, they just kind of uncover this mystery, one, what the farm is, two, how they got to the farm, and three, what their lives were like for, before the farm. And it's just just super Jeff Lemire, it's peak, it, you know, is it real? Is it not real? Is it, it's like a psychological thriller combined with superhero stuff. And it's grew from that to a huge superhero world. Colonel Weird got his own spinoff. Barb Ailey got his own spinoff. He did Black Hammer Visions, just a series of eight one shots, The Unbelievable Untens. No, but it's just this nice, cool little superhero world. It's, it's I don't want to say it's very adult, but it's kind of skews more towards the boys. If I were to
0: make a show, have you ever read Bone Parish by Colin Bunn? I have not. Okay, so basically, it's about these people. They're basically grave robbers. They rob people's bones, and then they crush the bones up into cocaine. And when you snort it, you could relive that person's memory, or you could talk to them like they're like a force ghost or something like that. And people would have them dig up their loved ones, and so that way they could snort the coke and talk to their loved ones one last time. It's actually, and I know it was supposed to be like Jimmy Z told me, I When I lived in Missouri, Jimmy Z was just down the road from me, so I was able to talk to him. He did the Tick series. I don't know, yeah. He he told me that Cohen Bum was supposed to get into a show, but I would love to see that. Like it just sounds interesting and cool at the same time. You know, it's like it's like Bones and Breaking Bad had a baby together. You know, yeah, right? That that just sounds dope to me. Hell yeah, those. I'm on board with that. Yeah, it's called Bone Parish if you're if you're interested. It, it's like a 12 issue series. It's it's independent, it's from Boom Studios. Super good stuff. going to check that out. But it's Colin Bun. You can't go wrong with Colin Bun. Right, right, right. Well, let me see. Is there anything let me check my let me check my list. See if there's anything else that I gotta get out there. Is there anything you want to add? Maybe if you want to throw yourself out there into the internet, so where,
1: where can we find you, Adam? At Adam Barnhart on Twitter and Instagram. Um is where you can find me. Oh, I know and you covered everything else. And I, I, with each passing day, I do grow more cautious with what I throw out to the internet because Twitter is a whole beast in itself. I've learned not to tweet hashtag agents of shield or canon or content or, or anything like that anymore. So no, man, you follow me on Twitter. I, I do nothing but shit post pretty much. Instagram. I really don't do anything on Instagram, but.
0: Well, yeah, and you guys can follow me on Instagram at Comic Comedy Podcast or Shuby Dubert. Same with the uh, TikTok. You can follow me at Shuby Dubert. That's S-C-H-U-B-Y-D-O-O-B-E-R-T. I make a bunch of dumb videos, and I try to entertain, but also learn, laugh, and repeat. Thank you guys for coming out to Comic Comedians. Thank you, Adam, for coming on to the show. It was such an honor having you. And like I said, I'm a huge fan. I love reading your stuff. And it, it like, I forgot that you and I, we were mutuals and I was just, and then you came into my live that one day. I was just like, Oh yeah, we're mutual. I was like, and I was like, I got to get him on a show almost immediately. Yeah. So thank you for coming on, man. And I would love to have you on again. Maybe, maybe when I watch the iron fish show, I'll have you on. And we could talk about it.
1: <laughs> talk we shall.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah.